You're listening to Conversion Cast, presented by Leadferno. I'm your host, Aaron Whitey. Conversion Cast focuses on digital marketing and conversion, exploring the art and science to turn a lurker on your website into a lead and a browser to a buyer. I'm excited for this episode, local SEO reports, what to include and what to exclude. My guest is Joy Hawkins, founder of Sterling Sky, a local SEO and paid search agency in Toronto. Joy is also the owner of the fabulous Local U conferences and the Local Search Forum. Joy's a leading voice in the local digital marketing industry. She's built a powerhouse agency full of top talent. She's a Google product expert and is such an integral part of the local search community. Let's dive in. Joy Hawkins, thank you so much for joining me today. Always a pleasure, Aaron. I was trying to think back as I reached out to you for this and just, you know, randomly thinking through intros and stuff like We've probably known each other over a decade now, which seems crazy that amount of time has gone by. Yeah, we met at Local U, right? I think. I couldn't even tell you. Just <laughs> um, just like so many of the things you've done, um, you are like a, a weather front. Like Joy moves in and like you're just there. Like I, I, I can't remember the local search world before Joy, but there definitely is the local search world after Joy. So... I can't pinpoint one thing. It's but it's been there for quite a while now. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride. <laughs> yeah. So you in coming on today and we were bantering a little bit about what maybe to talk about and you brought up a great thing that I think is uh, so valuable um along the lines of reporting. And I can identify this in running agencies for for 15 years and monthly reports with clients just being something that I I definitely had a lot of evolutions uh, around and getting both sides to buy in the right way to reporting and the the job it does and everything else like definitely is not an easy one but reporting is like this constant touch point that holds a lot of value in in the client relationship so with that being so important for the agency and client relationship like how do you view this touch point? Yeah, I mean, so I work in the world of local SEO and everyone seems to be just obsessed with rankings. Like, I don't know if that's a problem in all of SEO or just local SEO, but we get that the most with clients where they come to us and like, you know, what do you want? I want my rankings to increase on Google and they're tracking like two keywords and that's all they care about. So trying to get them away from that mindset is sometimes a challenge, but the reality that obviously we both know is that like you get thousands of different visits from thousands of different keywords. And like, if you're tracking three, that is not a benchmark for how successful your SEO is. Like you really need to be looking at like, it's actually making for a business, not am I ranking better? Yeah. So you actually shared a post saying like ranking reporting should be excluded from these monthly reports, right? Which to me, you know, I, I had to go back a few years cause I've, you know, positioned myself in SAS for a while now, but I, I was kind of like, oh, geez, like we definitely were showing ranking reports. Um, and for you to like pull those out and you, you kind of touched on it, like um, maybe, maybe let's start here. Like, why do you think it is that clients ranking reports are so ingrained with them? Why do they care about them so much? Because it's simple to understand. Like you just go to Google and you're like, oh, I'm a plumber. So I'm going to search plumber and this guy outranks me. That's a problem. 
Um, like it's simple to understand. Whereas, you know, Google Analytics, good Lord, like you think like most SEOs can't even get into GA4 and understand anything. So it's like the average business owner making any sense of their analytics. It's like, it's too complicated for them. Yeah, definitely makes sense. What have you seen in, in your time in delivering these monthly reports to clients? Like have have you seen a lot of evolution in your guys' reporting style and formats and and what's included? Like, tell me a little bit about what that journey's been like for you and your team. Yeah, when we started, I was like, okay, we are not going to have ranking. Like ranking is not going to be in our monthly reports. So we, we didn't put it in there. But as we grew and as I hired more people, we'd have clients request it. So then like one person started adding them into their reports and another person started. And then I like basically had a meeting with everyone. I was like, listen, guys, like we said, we're not going to do this. Like, I understand the clients care about their little map grids, but like, this is not actually showing them any of the stuff we did that got them like featured snippets or like increases in their organic ranking and, and traffic or, you know, the end all be all, which is obviously leads. Like who cares if you increase a couple positions for a keyword that gets no traffic or gets no conversions. And there's like, I always say the hierarchy is conversions, then traffic, then rankings. Because you can have rankings without traffic and you can have tons of traffic without conversions. And at the end of the day, if you're not increasing your conversions, like why are you hiring an SEO? Like you're not going to get an ROI. Why are you spending that money? Yeah. Have you found any helpful things, approaches, processes with kind of training the client mindset when they start working with Sterling Sky that, hey, we might be different in how we report from what you're used to working or here's what to expect? Like what, what have you found on that side of things? Yeah, I was actually on the phone with a, a guy yesterday who was signing up like new client and I was showing him because he was like, can you do these ranking grades and tell me how we rank compared to our competitor? And I was like, no, 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 that's like the wrong thing to show to your partner. It's like, so I pulled some reports from GA4 and was like, here, like, here's your conversions. Like they're actually up uh, conversion wise, even though their traffic is lower, which is really fascinating. Um, but a trend I see all the time because a lot of our clients are local businesses and they'll get like a blog article that'll rank nationwide. But it doesn't actually lead to very many conversions because they're local. Like if they're in Chicago, their their article could rank, you know, down in Denver, but that's not going to get them clients. So having them understand the difference between that, I think it's just a matter of like showing them and making sure that they're like, yeah, okay. And most people, when you ask them, do you care more about traffic or leads? Obviously leads, like I rarely get any argument. Yeah, I would always kind of use the the easy analogy of, you know, do you want uh, 100 visitors to your site and 10 leads or 1,000 visitors to your site and one lead, right? It, it's all about the right audience in the right place that's going to be motivated to take that next step um, and, and convert with you over the vanity metric of, oh, we have we have traffic, we have all these monthly visitors and everything else like that, that top end, unless it's really in line with what happens at the bottom end is kind of a false metric for you. Yeah. And you got to track that stuff well, because Google's metrics, I mean, I could, <laughs> I could go down lots of rabbit holes here, but like, there's so many problems with the stuff that Google reports, like things that are missing. People don't realize that, hey, when you go into your Google business profile, like the number of calls you see there, those are only people that click to call on mobile, like not actually the number of calls that your business received from that listing. So like, there's a lot of misinformation around like what those numbers mean, which is why I'm like, you just track leads and like, call tracking, you know, lead burno, um, and like some type of contact form on your website. That's it. Like that's all you need. And then you track those numbers and see what pages they're coming from over time from Google, obviously in our case. Yeah. So 
you kind of already mentioned this and based on some other things, the number one thing that has to be in, included in your monthly reports when doing local SEO is leads, correct? Leads. That's our, our opening slide. It's like, and we want to look at, it's really important to look at month over month and year over year. And that's yeah. challenging because usually when we get clients, they didn't have proper tracking or proper like lead stuff in place. So we're not, we don't have the year over year, but it's, uh, there's a lot of industries we work in that are crazy seasonal. So it's really important to look at both metrics. Yeah. And do the business owners or internal marketers you work with really appreciate when we talk about simplicity, right? Like you're getting down to the number one focus of what is generating opportunity and affecting the bottom line for you. So does this usually feel like a fresh approach from them based on yes. what they might be yeah. coming from before? Yeah. And if there, if it isn't, it's a huge red flag for us because we're like, okay, we're not a good fit. If, if all you really are, are concerned about is like ranking for a small number of terms, like don't hire us. Like we're not the right fit for you because that's not how we look at it at all. We're like, we really look at like, what's going to have the highest impact, the quickest that's going to increase that lead volume number. Not like, how can I get the most traffic to your site? Because I have lots of pages I could optimize in that case that deliver no leads whatsoever. So I, I think that's usually if it's the right client fit, then yeah, we, we usually get really good responses from that. Awesome. And then when you bring someone on, is that really what you're working backwards from all the time? Like your first view is getting something set up so you're able to track, let's see where they're at with their leads. And then we take a look at, now we have this wide array of things from Google business profile to organic rankings to social, whatever these things might be, like this is how we're going to attack it to move that lead number. Yeah, like we basically plot it on a line graph. Like it's pretty simple, you know, here's how many leads you got in March, here's how many in, in April, whatever. Um, we like to break it down between Google business profile and organic. I do like seeing the difference between those two. It helps us understand yep. what to focus on more as a strategy because it's wild. Like lawyers, I can tell you right now, we get more from organic usually um, because there's just so many wide topics that they could get leads from. Whereas like an insurance agent, it's like, primarily their Google business profile, like by a long shot. So understanding that kind of helps us figure out like what approach to take with our strategy on what things to focus on, because those two algorithms are very different. Um, so it's helpful, but that's the only really breakdown. Otherwise, it's just, you know, a number. And it's really those three things, calls, form fills, and chats slash, you know, text, however you want to put that together. Okay. And, you know, you kind of mentioned the differences between algorithms you know, how, how much are you seeing comes into play with, right, the type of service the consumer is searching for, the industry that they're in, the different, you know, display variances based on Google side, uh, based on what's there, like, how much of that mix and flux do you really see for how some of the numbers are impacted? It's huge. Like, that's something I changed with our agency. Like, when I first started, I was like, we'll work with everyone. And then like over the years, we've niched down so that we only have like a set of, uh, say like about 12 or 15, I can't know the exact number, but like certain industry types that we work with, big ones being like home services and lawyers, and realtors, those are probably our top three. But I think that it's really helpful to understand an industry and know what like kind of benchmarks of what you can achieve. Uh, so it is crazy difference. Like if you compare insurance with like, which is my background, I, I worked with insurance agents for like over 10 years and so different than like lawyers with what what the numbers look like, what the competition's like, 
Like it's crazy different. Yeah. Interesting. And those, uh, the ones you named are probably our top categories as well for who we see working for with Leadferno, even though we do span out all across after that into B2B and, uh, you know, so, so many other arenas, but interesting that we have that same overlap and focus on kind of the, the core ones. Are you an agency looking to track conversions for your reporting with clients? Leadferno can help. Track and report SMS and other conversions in Leadferno using our reporting tools and our Google Analytics 4 integration. Our web to text widget fires events into GA4 that you can track and set as conversions. Learn more on our agency partner program and start a two-week free trial at leadferno.com. Now back to the show. Within it, when customers come to you, how often are they already equipped with all the right conversion points? So they're generating traffic. You're trying to generate more traffic for them. Do they have the right conversion points already set up and built on their site to bring those customers over? How much work are you guys doing to implement new ones or or optimize those? Yeah, I'd say all of them have forum contact forums, like almost all of them anyways. Uh, more so, I'd say now than like maybe four years ago, our, most of the people we're getting now also have call tracking. Like that used to be kind of a hurdle. We'd have to really pitch it to them. Like you want call tracking. Yep. We get a lot of people now that have it already. Um, I'd say what you guys do is probably the, the biggest gap. We get lots of people that come to us that have no version of chat or anything on their site. Um, and definitely SMS. Like I agree with you. Like there's a big difference between like live chat and SMS. We have some that are buying into, I don't know what your thoughts are on like the ones with the videos that like pop up where it's like some dude talking to you and like they have this fancy live chat that's like got a bot and stuff. We're seeing a, like a lot more of that, but I, I feel like it's it's a lot more complicated than the average small business owner needs. So I, I love the simplicity of Leaferno. Like it's just a text way message and that's it. Like super simple. <laughs> Yeah, no, the super simple is definitely within like our core view of conversion, right? It's a it's a hurdle, it's a wall. The shorter you make that wall, the shorter the hurdle is, the easier it is to step over it. So it's like even when you mention, you know, it's easy from the marketer or business owner side to see something like, oh, this, you know, my face pops up and I'm I'm explaining to them that questions are easy to ask and whatever else. And like, yeah, that part of it is good, but then to go all the way over to the consumer that they're going to record a quick video to send it back to you. Like to me, that conversion hurdle or wall just got six feet high, 10 feet high, 12 feet high. Cause then you're thinking like, how am I going to look on the video? Uh, am I going to deliver my question without ums or stuttering or pauses or whatever else? Right. It's like, it's all these things that to me just start to put way too much friction in, in the conversion process. Um, so it's interesting how those evolve and always, I, think similar to how we touched on reporting with clients, getting them to view of like simple is really fabulous. And you can use conversation and your internal processes to capture the information you want and how you want it. You don't have to at all have it presented and be asking it right up front for people that might trip them up. Yeah, I, I definitely argue that with clients sometimes. I mean, I know a couple of years ago, I had this kind of argument with my lawn care client, but I was like, he requires you to take a picture of your lawn and send it to him. Because he's like, so many people, you know, we can't service them or they're not in the right area. They don't have the right lawn. And I'm like, yeah, but like, how many people are like on their phone or maybe like in their car or somewhere where they're not like nearby to go to snap a picture of their lawn, right? I just wondered always how many people he lost by making that a required field. 
on his contact form. I was like, dude, like you've got to rethink this. But I always say like, what's the harm in testing, right? Like just take it off, see what happens. You can always add it back on. Like nothing in the internet world in that case is irreversible, right? I'm a big fan of testing. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. I often talk with people that required fields, things that the user has to do, is that's always going to be friction and reduce. So it's it's finding how can we make our process better? So how can we make our follow-up questions better? But how can we inch them along without feeling this major commitment? Or I can't even take part in this unless I do this. And you know, make it something much more easier and approachable uh, for the customer in the conversion process uh, is definitely key. That's that's definitely a very good point. With these things, and, and maybe just to circle back because I forgot to ask you some of the things with rank tracking as to why you, you kind of explained the one part of, you know, there's so many other things you're doing besides rankings to contribute to try to get to this end goal of leads. But the other thing, and I'll link to the blog post where you originally covered this, but you know, there's so much, I guess, gray area with rank trackers, right? You cite, you guys use three or four different ones. And we've seen the evolution from rank tracking and getting into the, you know, visual maps and pin drops and grids and and things like that. But, you know, what's some of what you've seen with that with, you know, I I can only imagine it, it gets a little bit better. And then something changes that makes it a little bit worse again, that turns it into not a super reliable thing, right? Share with us how how you see that. Yeah, so I'll spoil some of my upcoming presentation that I'm doing at Local U in October. Oh, sh- um, but but go yeah, to Local U in October. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fascinating. So I'm I'm talking about link building. Um, so that, which is interesting. Not normally a topic I cover, but I've been literally um, studying this for two years. I started this preparing for this presentation two years ago, and um, one of the kind of biggest interesting things that I found with link building is how much variance there is in local pack rankings versus organic. So we were tracking both, trying to figure out like the value of a single link. So we we linked to this website from Sterling Sky. Our our domain authority is like nuts. It's super high. Like I'm like you're never going to like like this, but I just wanted to know what it did. So we linked to this crap garbage website that has no links, right? Yep. We're trying to measure impact. And it's just really fascinating to see that like organic rankings had this massive increase whereas like local it was like eh like it went up a little bit and then like went down a little bit. And then like we see across the board with like the site that we were tracking for the year when we do stuff organically, it's like very steady and very consistent and lots of patterns. Local just like, uh, like this. And I'm just like, man, like that algorithm is so much more finicky when it comes to some of these factors, I should say, not everything, you know, keyword stuff, your business name, and you'll have great local pack rankings for a while. But like when it comes to like some of the traditional organic stuff like links, it does not impact it the way people think. And that's where I'm like rank trackers are both awesome and also annoying because of the fluctuation. So I don't feel like that's something that a lot of people grasp. Like you could drop from position one to two and you didn't do anything wrong. Like it's just normal. Like that, that happens. <laughs> yeah. Those variances. And then there's little nuances inside of each tool with how they look at things and report things and whatever. And all that can be so interesting. And, you know, just, I, I'm sure that's probably behind the reason you use three or four is to like, just get a sense of general direction more than anything by using three or four sources as your wayfinding. Oh, it's, it's hard. They all do certain things well, but the reason places scouts, the one we use the most. And the reason why we uh, use that one so much is they, um, they have a lot of different things that they've added. Like you can separate organic from local, but they have screenshots. 
And that's to me like the ultimate thing. If I want to know what the heck's going on when something weird is happening ranking wise, I need to actually compare what happened in the search results. And that's like huge because I was looking into this for um, a few clients recently where like Google just stopped showing local packs. And like you would never know that from a rank tracker, depending on how it's tracking. It wouldn't tell you that at all. That makes a huge difference to their call volume. Like (laughs) all of a sudden if they stop getting calls from their Google listing, oh, look, Google stopped showing local packs for this term. Or they're only showing local packs on mobile. We're seeing that a lot as well. Like that is something that a ranking tool would not tell you at all. Yeah. Wow. That's incredibly valuable. You basically get like a timestamp of here's the evidence to what's gone on at that time. It has saved me in so many cases (laughs) where I'm like scratching my brain, like how, what is going on here? And like, it just, it gives me the answers when I can see it visually. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, that's what's happening. Oh. Yeah, gotta love it when a tool makes problem solving easier for you oh. so you don't end up in those rabbit holes. <laughs> it's the one tool I use every day. Like it's, yeah, it's it's a lifesaver. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So with this evolution, with how much you've seen, how long you've been in the space, I also too, I, I really quickly want to call out, just as you alluded to, you're going to give a presentation coming up at Local You in October that you started gathering information for two years ago. And this is something I always love about your presentations and a lot of what you share on Sterling Sky blog. Like you are such a great, like, hey, let's take this fact or myth in the SEO world and let's actually test it. Like, how does this affect? Like you do such a great job of that and then bringing numbers and statistics instead of just opinion to those things. So I just want to call out and say kudos to those. It's definitely a reason to visit the Sterling Sky blog and definitely a reason for any uh, webinars uh, or the local U conference that Sterling Sky is a part of to take on those. But after that, and all these pieces that, that have gone on, like, do you have your eye on anything that's next for reporting and the evaluation of local digital marketing that it could be what you feel is coming. You could also share, here's my one or two thing wish list. Like, I wish this existed. Hmm. I have the biggest struggle with us is attribution is still really hard for local businesses because of the variety of how many like CMSs they use and stuff. So that's the challenge. Like going beyond just lead numbers is hard because we can see that. But like, I've also heard from lots of clients like, oh, this person submitted a contact form, but they weren't actually looking to hire this, this, and this. And Something we said actually before we were talking before this started, Aaron, like we used Bleedferno on our site originally and didn't see the same success we have now because of this one page on our site where people think we're Google support. So then they contact us and they're just like garbage leads, wasting my time, wasting their time. Yeah. And like, that's, that's not what business owners want. They don't want a bunch of garbage leads. So being able to customize that was like a life changer, like taking it off that one page. Now all of a sudden we're not getting like 70 people a bad, but like contacting us thinking we're Google. Um, and I think that's one of the things with a lot of small business sites, like being able to customize like where, what lead forms are on what pages and like maybe pulling back from some of these content pieces that are just bringing in the wrong people. Um, and that's personally like the, the biggest struggle we have is just knowing like when leads turn into customers is the hardest connection to make. Yeah, definitely. And I feel you on that one, something that, you know, is always in the back of mind. How do, how do we work? So you're able to see this complete end-to-end process, right? For mm-hmm. when it turns into it. And then ultimately dollars too, because right, we could probably do a whole nother episode on just how bad businesses are <laughs> at tracking metrics. So you can start to understand, right? When they come to you, they definitely usually have no idea on, 
a cost per lead or an average, you know, value per customer, things like that. There, there's so many things that it's like smarter decisions can be made once you understand those things. Um, and a lot of businesses just really fail to understand what that's worth to even know why are you why are you chasing that? What's it worth to you? How does it affect you when we increase leads by 5, 10, 15, 20, 50% on there? What does that mean in dollar volume to your business based on what a lead's worth, how often you close them, what those things look like? Yeah, no, that's, that is like, we can do it for ourselves. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Like I, I can tell you, I don't, not off the top of my head, but like how many actual customers we got that contacted us contacted us from Leadferno because we track that stuff here, but that's not something I can see on my client. Like I don't see their customer databases um, or know what turned into a customer. So that's always the biggest like hurdle for an SEO company, I think, is just not like that. Yep. You know, it's one of those things, maybe, maybe it was mean to do. We kind of like laugh a little bit when we would have a client that was super like, why, why is, why did my bounce rate change by 5%? Right. And like, this was like their biggest takeaway from a search report on their monthly reports. And we're like, you don't even know the like lifetime value of your customer, but you're obsessing about a, a bounce rate change right now, right? It's like those kind of things where people just completely end up wrapped up in the wrong metrics. And some of it's your fault as an agency when you just are regurgitating and puking numbers them to like, we, you know, we, we have all these numbers. That's what makes us smart and you should value us because we have all these numbers. It's like, no, it's the numbers that actually move the needle that you should care about not just the plethora of numbers, because then, yeah, people get caught up in the wrong thing when they don't even have answers on the right ones. Yeah, 100%. I think like, though, if it didn't make our reporting too complex, I'd love to also tell clients more like what pages they're getting the leads from, you know, that would help us figure out like, which quality pages are, are actually delivering the right types of leads. But it's a challenge when you have sites that, you know, have hundreds of pages that are driving leads, like can't list them all. So yep. yeah, it's always... We, we try to keep it simple, but in some cases I'm like, well, keeping it simple also maybe we're like missing. So yeah, yeah. it keeps rat ratcheting up a, a few degrees from simplicity. Yeah. Well, Joy, thanks so much. This has been awesome. I appreciate your time as always. Share with the audience um, some of the other places that they can connect with you online and just read up on all the great information you're always presenting and sharing. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, sterlingsky.ca is our websites. We have a pretty active blog there and, and newsletter. You can sign up for free. Um, I am very active on Twitter or X. I still, I'm just going to still call it Twitter. <laughs> um, and then uh, you, more recently, YouTube, our YouTube channel, Sterling Sky Inc. Uh, we have a lot of videos we put out free and all kinds of tips and stuff related to local SEO. Yeah. As we were talking, I, I'm envious of the video content that you've been putting out. Same with uh, Darren Shaw at White Spark. I I hope to get to there someday. Really great 60 to 90 second videos that like teach you a lot, point out a lot of things, super easy to consume in our, you know, TikTok under two minutes time of experience on things. But yeah, a really great job. So I really encourage people to check Joy out through those channels. Joy, thanks so much. Appreciate uh, having you on and thanks for sharing all of your expertise with us today. No problem. 